0: Welcome inside episode 1206 of the Top Can Audio Podcast. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you for checking out today's uh, show. We're going to talk a little baseball as uh, the offseason is, it's sort of, it's reached a simmer, right? It's, it's not boiling over yet. It's not making a ton of news, but we're starting to hear some things. We're starting to hear some rumblings. Uh, we've seen Aaron Nola now lock up uh, a new contract with the Phillies. So uh, by all accounts there, it was the Atlanta Braves that were right after him. So we're starting to hear some things and uh, it seemed like a good time to touch base with our buddy Andrew Stoughton from the Uh Links in the description, as always, to his work. Highly recommend. Also, uh, a co-host with our buddy Nick Ashbourne of uh, the Blue Jays Happy Hour podcast. Highly recommend that one. It's not coming out quite as often. Uh, obviously as it does during the season, but still a great show and and definitely worth subscribing if uh, you're looking for some good baseball insight. I want to point out episode 1205, our friends Michaela Schreider and Vanessa Sanchez were here, lots to cover with them. We hit up uh, the Sens and the Leafs trip over to Europe and how all that played out, Uh, the Carissa Thompson controversy in the NFL where she had sort of stated that, yeah, Sometimes I just go ahead and make up the sideline report if the coach doesn't want to talk to me. That did not go over very well, so we got into some of that. Uh, F1 in Vegas, PWHL camps opening up. We had a lot of stuff that we covered there uh, with those two, and they were promoting an event. Uh, It is Women's Sports Trivia Night here in Ottawa at the Bicycle Craft Brewery on Tuesday, November 28th. Uh, the links are all over our social media feeds right now, or you can just visit the, uh, the bicycle craft brewery website and get your tickets there. If you're interested, um, sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, check that out. If you're into such things, uh, looking ahead this week, our buddy Lever Sage will be back here on Thursday morning in his usual time slot. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. Uh, we keep the good stuff coming, so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast Wherever you're hearing me right now, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Pods, wherever you are, hit follow, hit subscribe, and uh, and stick around. Let's bring him in from the Batflip.ca. Andrew Stoughton's back. What's happening today, man? Not a
1: whole lot, um, though. Apparently, you know, Major League Baseball moves are, are underway. We're starting to see the first, you know, trickles of the offseason really begin.
0: The rumblings have uh, have yeah. begun to increase, and uh, our boy Benny Fresh, there, as you uh, so often call him, he. Uh, just tweeted out here on Monday morning that apparently the Jays are willing to, uh, uh, to 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 go big fish hunting. So maybe we'll we'll look ahead in a couple minutes, but let's look back just once more here before we let this uh, the 2023 <laughs> oh, <no>. season die. <laughs> and I, and Please I'm, let it die. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I just wanted to ask you because I was reading your your latest uh, piece there at the BatFlip.ca where you were sort of talking about um, you know what the new dynamics of of the coaching staff and the benches and. I'm just curious from your perspective, after a season that was as frustrating as it was and, you know, everyone was disappointed with what the offense ended up looking like and, and sort of expected more, whether that was reasonable or not. Are you surprised at all that everybody's back and and whether it be mildly surprised or stunned or whatever, is there not a little bit of of thought that, you know, maybe somebody would have been held accountable here?
1: Well, I think I think Dave Hudgens kind of was right. I mean, he's going to be working out at Dunedin, mentoring, sending his and,
0: tweets and, from Ron DeSantis's backyard.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure he'll love that. Right. And tomorrow Hales obviously new as well, and, mm-hmm. and Manningley's got a new role. And also, I mean, it, like that—that that for me is more than enough uh, pounds of flesh uh because yeah it doesn't it, it doesn't surprise me I, I mean i know there's a pr element to to it i suppose and you can have a sacrificial lamb if you want on the coaching staff but you know the, the, these these players are such like masters of their craft and of their careers that uh i think it gets a bit silly the way people sort of like look at a there's a linear relationship between a player's success and the coach that he's that he's working under which even i think is like the, not the right term you know it's a guy who's you know, pitching balls to him from uh, from the side of the cage or you know, you know, I mean obviously they have value and they have all sorts of, you know, things that they work on with guys, but um, you know, I don't I don't think that that's you, you, there's not a, a relationship like that between success and having, you know, a great, great hitting coach or the market would would, would view them that way. The market, you know, Craig Council makes about one oh one windmill replacement player makes as you know the highest paid manager in baseball people just don't think that that stuff is you know is that important or that they're you know they there's there's just not that desirability uh in terms of like there there's one you know there's these kind of elite guys who can really do something special that makes them sought after as free agents which they basically end up being so, you know, I don't I I think that people got way overboard about that sort of stuff because it was such a frustrating year and so many things sort of compounded and then the way that the season ended with the, you know, the disaster in in, in Minnesota even though that was not really you know, all that consequential the Barrios decision and then Ross Atkins' terrible uh post-season yeah. press conference. I mean, it just it really snowballed. Uh, from a thing that was, it was a pretty big snowball to begin with, you know, just the way that it ended and how everybody felt that it wasn't gonna, uh, it wasn't going to be their year. And then, but you, you know, you look at it like the Rangers won in a, in a weaker division, won one more game, and the Diamondbacks were like worse by any metric you can find. Than the Blue Jays, <laughs> like it, you don't have to be better than the blue jays were this year to win a world series like you really don't and so that that's probably mostly why i, I you know i'm not surprised that the coaching staff and all that are is, is mostly intact though i do sort of quibble with the, the that definition of it sure
0: I guess for me, like you referenced a few different things there, and it, I never thought John Schneider was going to be canned. I didn't think the GM was going to be canned, or Mark Shapiro certainly wasn't going to be out the door. But it just with everything that did go wrong, and then you know the the, the disappointing two game series against Minnesota, and then yeah, the disastrous press conferences. It just sort of seemed, as you referenced there a moment or two ago. For PR, if nothing else, you can replace a hitting coach, right? You can whether whether it makes sense to or not, whether or not it's really going to change the outlook on things. You know that would have been the easy move to just go. Here you go. Here's your pound of flash. Here's you know the head on a stake that we're holding responsible for this season, and everyone can kind of go there. They did something, right? I, I, I just I'm not shocked. I guess I'm, but I am a little surprised that they didn't do something. You know, you're right. They've. I, I, Maybe this is to my point or against my point. I don't. They've promoted. <laughs> they've promoted Don Mattingly. Forget people being held accountable. Someone's getting, you know, at least a little bit of a, a title bump. They have brought in somebody new. But I guess I was a little bit just sort of waiting for the the one uh, shoot a or fall or, or whatever that that would say there. That's that's the move we're making to you know fix our problems, whether they actually do or not. Something we can present to the fans, right? <laughs>
1: No, I, I mean, I, I think that's understandable to have been looking for that. I, like these guys, I feel understand that you know, winning is all that's going to really you know matter to anybody. They've said that you know they've been open about that basically since they've been here, mm-hmm. and so I think that maybe they don't feel that pressure in the same way to really you know make a big show of of uh, of making a move like that just for the sake of it. I mean, I think that you know, if, and I wrote about this a couple weeks ago, but like if you look at. um you know the way that that hitting coaches, hitting coaches talk about their job. Uh, you know the relationships and building up relationships. I think that's really important, and and so stability there is something. Uh, right. you, you'll hear Pyron Atkins talk about stability, and I think they value that. And maybe that's just it's just a matter of them valuing stability over, uh, over making some change. But again, I will say, like as I wrote, it, like I, if if Mattingly wasn't doing the game planning and the immense <laughs> Hunter Ments and Guillermo Martinez are not changing their roles. And Hudgens is gone, and Mattingly is now doing the game planning. Then it kind of it stands to reason to me that the like the, the filtering, advanced scouting information, and you know preparing game plans for individual pitchers and, and helping hitters with that was probably what the hitting strategist was doing. Uh, and so he did get moved on. Right. So I think that it is a, it is maybe a bigger move than people realize, but also you know in the in the context that it's just a sort of a small slice of you know, what goes into being a successful hitter at the
0: big league level. Well, one of the other things you touched on in your your recent stray thoughts there at the batflip.ca was the idea of, of a new filtering system or a new uh, strategy because of what you were seeing in the first inning and, and maybe specifically how that would land on the shoulders of whoever's doing that strategizing. Can you walk us through that a little bit?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. I mean, a lot of it. This is just theorizing because it's also opaque, right? Like we don't know who does what, what you know, how many reams of, of pages of information they get, and how it has to be filtered, and how much of an influence you know the 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 front office and the analytics team and all the analysts that are above the coaching staff or you know in between the actual raw data and the, and the coaching stuff. how, you know, how much they, you know, point them in a direction as opposed to let, let coaches, you know, filter it themselves. You know, there's a dynamic there that, that we just don't understand. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it felt like, and I know this is kind of a thing that people feel every year, and it's like, oh, the oh, the rookie that nobody's ever heard of with the six ERA and three starts, so he's going to carve the Jays up, and it did feel like that happened a lot this year. <laughs> uh, I think that that's just normal, and everybody thinks that. And I think probably every you know fans of every team think that about their own team, but there did seem to be to me, and I'm sure I'm sure people have felt it too, just that they they, you know, in a way that we didn't see in the previous years uh Just we're we're not we're not looking for the right pitches or we're we're not I don't I don't want to say we're not prepared because I'm sure they prepared they just it felt like that that whatever preparation they were doing was maybe not pointing in the direction that they were actually going to get attacked and I think that you know the first inning thing I pointed out you know they're, they're they were 29th in baseball in first inning runs scored and you know that's you know that's a ninth of the season basically and uh, so you know, we're looking into a smaller sort of sample but. Uh, just my spitballing about that is that it it, that any more than any other represents, you know, what. Uh, what your game planning is sort of telling you, right? Because as the game progresses, as you see more pitches, as you get more familiar with what the pitcher is doing and, and what his stuff looks like, and what you know whether the fastball is working or he can locate it, or whether you know that you ca- it becomes reactive. I think more so. Uh, sure, the players are uh, the reacting on is their it, own. Yeah, what they're seeing. Like, you know, we see, and we see it all the time. We see them on their iPads in the dugout, and this is what I kind of mean too about them being the masters of their careers and 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 of their craft. Like those guys, you know, when Bo Bichette was on the injured list, you can see him go and talking about hitting with everybody. I mean, it's not. Not like it's just they must go to Guillermo as the hidden guru and he tells them what to do, and then it turns out he's wrong. It's like no, there's a whole like galaxy of, of 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 people and ideas and information and and you know the, it's really up to the players to process it and to do what you know they think they they need to to be successful and often to try to get back to places when they're out of sorts you know to, to do what they have done in the past to be successful but you know you the way I think about it at least is yeah with the if the the runs being way way down I think they were 12th overall in every other inning but the. Uh but the first, which is still not good enough, I think I said in the piece. But but 29th in the first inning is very is very weird and does feel like you know it had had something to do with not you know not looking for what they should have been looking for. Uh, not necessarily having the greatest strategy when it came to the, uh, the their approach in the first inning of games in particular, um, and so that that to me, in, the, in in as much as this is all opaque, that sure. to me does sort of feel like maybe there's some there's something there that we can, you know, cling to a little bit and, and feel like okay, yeah, there was there was a problem, uh, because that's hard to suss out from just looking at the results, even though, you know, <laughs> we, we watched enough to really feel like there <laughs> there was something wrong.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. No, it, it it's an interesting theory. And like you said, there's, you know, it, it's not something that we can absolutely point to and say, this is absolutely what happened, but it does, it does, you know, bear consideration that at the time that you would be relying most on what your scouts and your coaches are telling you, uh, it didn't go all that well. And then as you get into the game and you're seeing it for yourself, you kind of settle in and, and I mean, there's something to, you know, uh, every pitch, this is why pitchers don't go three times through the lineup, right? Uh, guys exactly, do get, yeah. do get more comfortable with you. So uh, why don't we start to to look ahead a little bit and and i guess it's a little bit of looking back and a little bit of how this is going to move forward and i just want to talk about vlad just for a second and i'm curious sure. where you stand on him right now it's it's been two seasons since we've seen anything close to 2021 vlad and and even what we would call bad vlad is still a very good major league player but he hasn't quite gotten back to uh that 2021 level was that season, that 2021 an aberration. Do you think there is still a chance he can get back there? Are we looking for obviously something better than he is now, but not quite 2021 again? Um, you know, it's unreasonable to expect him to be 2021 Vlad every year. Obviously that was an MVP caliber season if Shohei Otani doesn't exist, but just sort of, you know, as as they get closer to having to make a final call on him and and making this you know, franchise-altering commitment with the the contract that he's going to demand. I'm just sort of curious what you've seen of him and and where that would lead you to want to go with him next.
1: Yeah, I think it's really tough. I think you kind of uh, you kind of just have to play it out year to year. You know, I think he's a guy who, if he hit the free agent market, like if he was on the free agent market right now probably maybe probably looking for a pillow contract you know because uh, there's there's more money out there than what he would probably but he would also be getting an, an enormous contract i think somebody would put a ton of money in front of him because you know even though yes it was it was a poor year the war numbers were dragged down by the first base defense which that's an issue that needs to be addressed i think as yeah, well. that was wild <laughs> uh, did not care for that yeah that really sunk a lot of his value but it's but and it, it's just it's yeah it's so tough to tell um you know, twenty twenty one. I know people are like, "Oh, I played in minor league parks." The minor league parks are the same dimensions. Like, what? Is, what? This is insane. Yeah. That the, the balls don't fly. Any different. They weren't playing at altitude. But what there was, what was different was that uh, that at one point they 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 didn't really, they didn't really play in Toronto that season, right? That was the year. Yeah. Right? Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Well, they came uh, home in
0: August. Yeah.
1: Yes, that's right. And uh, and then they had the 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 Humidor. Uh, came into Mm. place, uh, I think, in 2019. So they hadn't really – I think it was like the back half of 2019, and there's some quotes that you saw from that time, and I've looked at these a couple of times. You know, Kevin Biggio talking about the ball just doesn't fly the same uh, once the humidor came in. And maybe that was all of 2019, which was, you know, still not a bad offensive team. But I wonder what that has – what effect that has had on the – because especially you look at the home-road splits this year, you know, not just Vlad, but like Vlad was like like top five first baseman for home runs on the road – but uh, but is is not you know just not in with his peer group when you add the home numbers into it. So uh, I mean that's a problem that's not going to go away. So I you know I don't know yeah. <laughs> I don't know what my point necessarily is on that. <laughs> but but like some of the power outage may have been not not the minor league parks, but maybe the parks without a humidor. Um because hmm. the road numbers are still pretty good. Yeah, like yeah. the road numbers, his road numbers looked like they you know he looked like twenty twenty two Vlad, which is which we thought at the time was him bottoming out, right? Which, you know, surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think you gotta you got to go year to year with him. You have to uh, – I don't think you could extend it. I, I don't think you could agree on a value. Like, I'm sure he values his, himself – much more highly than than the club would right now. Like they're not giving him $300 million right now. That would be crazy. But I think he knows like he's going to hit free agency at 27 and, uh, there's going to be a a huge market for his services, be it for one year and to try to rebuild, rebuild value and do it. Maybe he'll have to do it that way a couple of years, but he's basically sort of in that situation now with the Jays, right? Like if he has a huge year, then we, we could talk about that kind of contract, you know, at this point a year from now, or maybe in the middle of the season, if things look right. But, uh, but, yeah, I don't think that there's really anything you can do but just continue to go forward with him uh, and hope that it turns around. And I think that, you know, there's lots of reasons to believe that it will. You know, all the all the underlying stuff, he still hits the ball incredibly hard. He's still really hard to strike out. Uh, it, it feels like it's close, but it's also, you know, all right, it's been like 1,200 plate appearances of it feeling <laughs> like it's close.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know maybe that's an easy segue here, as you're gonna have to get ready at some point in the next year or two or or whatever to to decide on making a commitment to him, a commitment to Bo, and you well,
1: know well maybe you're making maybe you're making that decision this winter if you're tying up money and other guys.
0: That's what I was just gonna. You've interrupted my perfect yeah, segue. So, pardon me, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're starting <laughs> to look ahead, and and there were you know there's there's talk this year as. I sort of thought you'd be looking to just sort of fill some spots this year there was talk that the number the payroll number would be fine but you've lost some guys is gonna be gone it looks like Chapman's gonna be gone um, belt is gonna be gone and and so you had some space to do some things and I just sort of expected that you'd sort of shop in maybe that second tier, you know, we've now seen a couple of different reporters, including Ben Nicholson-Smith on Monday morning, who said that the Jays are, are out and willing to do something big and, and maybe looking, not just willing, but actively looking to do something big. Maybe before we get into what that might mean, let's start with the biggest fish. Because uh, <laughs> Otani has been mentioned, you know, for whatever you think, that, that Toronto is, is someone who maybe has an outside shot. I don't think it's worth writing off that he's coming to to the Jays, but I don't think anyone believes it's the most likely scenario. Where do you stand in terms of how much you would let yourself, you know, get your hopes up at all that, that he might be landing here.
1: Yeah. It's not, I'm not letting my hopes get, I'm not getting my hopes up about it at all, but no, I think, I mean, I think it's like their pursuit is, Real, like I think that the money is, like, you know, we heard uh, this guy on Twitter, Blue Jays Hot Stove, who does seem to have, you know, be plugged into someone on the accounting side of Rogers or something like that. Who, <laughs> you know, the budget stuff gets gets thrown by, and he's had some he's had some scoops on things that that seem to you know bear out. I yeah. think like last year he was talking about the payroll going up, but and it, and it certainly did. Uh, and who basically was like, "Oh, there's kind of a unicorn budget where it, where there's a business case for spending a lot more if they can really, you know." Presumably, if you land Otani, hopefully, maybe that means you know Yamamoto or Cody Bellinger, or you know maybe it doesn't just the one guy. But uh, and I, I think I wrote this not that long ago. Like, so I mean, if you, if you can't make a business case for the greatest player in, in the history of the sport, like uh, <laughs> coming coming to your team at age twenty nine, like I mean, what, what are you even doing in the job? I think, uh, especially when you have a team that. Unlike a lot, unlike the teams that like uh, that have their TV contracts with Bally, which has gone uh, bankrupt.
0: Yeah, and, Bally. Uh,
1: unlike some of the, some of the other teams that are you know looking to shed payroll, which is you know sort of happening in, in a number of corners of the game. That that gives the Jays an advantage if they're willing to spend it, and all that takes is convincing Edward Rogers. I think, uh, you know, there's some sort of there's some sort of uh, pretend uh, phony board of directors thing, but I think, I think (laughs) Edward probably could call the shots if he really wants to like explode the budget. And, And it's something that, you know, speaking of business, like they're, they're, they're raising some ticket prices this year they are yeah. you know with the renovations they are they already did a little bit last year but this year is going to be uh like several degrees more i believe because you know that's the infield those are the premium seats they're moving people who are longtime season ticket holders and, and moving them back and then inserting some seats in front of where they used to sit and charging you know thousands and thousands of dollars uh for season tickets there i mean that's uh it's not just you know that that's the reality of of the sport obviously uh but that should mean that there's you know a bunch of money coming back into the team that they will hopefully be able to reinvest and not just, you know, use it on the, uh, on the renovation or to pay off that, you know, whatever they, they, the debt they took on to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means that there's sort of an impetus to, to really do something exciting. And, and right now, like people are not, I mean, I'm sure they've done well in the ticket sales, but you know, the, you know, just anecdotally people are not excited to watch this team in 2024 right now. Like they're, they're going to be a good team, obviously, but it's just all that stuff we talked about snowballing. Like that's just you almost start to drift into that,
0: is, right? uh, That dreaded leaf territory of "call me in September," right? Like, uh, yeah, I, we know they're going to be good. I know they're going to hang around. I'm sort of frustrated, so I'll be back for the stretch drive and the playoffs, kind of thing.
1: There, there's a little of that, yeah. yeah. And I mean, and I think it would change in an instant if you got an Otani, and probably sure. if you got you know some uh, another little collection of of guys who are. Uh, you know, who really reshape the team and give people, you know, new hope that it's not just going to be, well, I hope Vladdy gets better and, and, you know, here's Iber Candelario or something like that. (laughs) You know, it could be, it could be a fine pickup, but, you know, uh, I don't think, I don't think he's putting, uh, asses in the seats.
0: Certainly not in the new premium ones, no. Uh, (laughs) so, well, Tell me a little bit about what you think the strategy should be, right? Uh, Is this a thing where you go and kind of, in your opinion, look for maybe two guys? It's not a strong uh, free agent class necessarily. And, um, you know, the usual suspects around uh, Sportsnet have reported that the Jays are investigating both the trade and free agent market. But would you be kind of looking for kind of maybe two, three guys in that kind of B tier, or would you try and, and obviously, you know, if it's Otani, everybody should be trying, but would you take that one really huge swing and then a couple of maybe C-level guys to fill out your roster? Because you are going to have to replace a lot of guys. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, whether you've seen enough of Davis Schneider. Is that something you want to do? Spencer Horowitz is, you know, maybe your backup first base DH, or are you going to go out looking for, you know, bigger and better to, to kind of fill those spots. There is there is some open holes now in the uh, in the lineup.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I mean I think they're they're probably going to have to leave you know leave one of those positions, one of third base or or second base, or theoretically left field to like uh, to the internal options. I think you know the 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 Cavamigio and David Schneider platoon. That's not the worst you know way to start uh i think they, those guys can be effective visual really did kind of show something in the, the second half yeah. or even for longer than that uh and you know i know people are afraid of and for good reason of the way his glove was at third base when they tried <laughs> that a few years ago but i thought he showed really well it's a small sample but he he looked like uh he made some flashy plays that's for sure i'm not even sure what the data would say but uh but I would be comfortable with him at third base if, if, if need be, or at second, uh, in a sort of platoon situation or whatever, a platoon-ish situation with Schneider. Um, but then, yeah, I think you have to go. You know, like you can't go into. You see people talking online about like Oralvis Martinez or Addison Barger, interesting prospects. Those are more like trade chips to me at this point. They just don't really line up because you can't you can't hand Oralvis Martinez. Uh, a job in the big leagues this right. year. If you're a team that's trying to win, I mean, he might be nice to come along in the second half. If you can manage to keep him, that's great. Maybe he does force his way in there. If Biggio and, and Steiner are, you know, holding down one of the you know, one of those positions, then you know, there's a position that can be peeled off by a guy who just like goes crazy in AAA. I think that that you know is entirely possible. But no, I think they really have to uh, to aim higher. And uh, like, like I say, there's 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 advantages to had to be had because there are teams that are. Uh, that are looking to divest uh, in, in their payroll <laughs> um, and just and just not willing to spend, and they have some uh, they have some cost controlled guys. I mean, well, I know we'll talk about Alec Manoa, but like that that's an interesting way to play it. Mm-hmm. Potentially, you know, go move him, get something there, backfill the rotation because you can spend money and other teams won't. Uh, you know, I, I would. We, it's debatable what the value he would have on the trade market. It's debatable whether that is a smart idea to to uh, get out of business with him. But, uh, where do you but think that relationship is so- at? Because that's kind of a gray so-
0: area, eh? Like we don't really understand either. Now someone pointed out that on his Instagram, when he's working out, he's still wearing Blue Jays gear, which some guys, when they've checked out on you don't right? they can wear their university stuff or like, it's, it's little things like that, that you're reading into it, but it, it is one indication perhaps that he hasn't totally checked out on the Jays, but there was clearly some, some bad feelings between them towards the end of the season. And I don't think it was unjustified that they sent him down. He he couldn't pitch there for a while, but the way things (laughs) played out towards the end with not reporting and, and maybe there's an injury and maybe there isn't. And uh, it's, what do you read into that right now? And, and you know, do you have it greater than a coin flip in either direction that he's back here next year?
1: I, you know, I think it's probably more likely that not because he he doesn't have any options to to do anything else. Like that's the reality of the the system. Unless they've decided they're done with him yeah I, my thing more about that would be and i don't think that this is a thing i mean we've saw that there was a clip of kevin goswin talking about his season which was probably like the uh the, the straightest that anybody's ever spoken about it where he was just like yeah i think he came to spring and it wasn't he wasn't quite ready to go the arm was like just he logged all those innings in 2022 and then it was just really tough for him to to get it going and and, and speaking of it in a in a, in a positive way and because uh, my worry would be, you know, I don't think that the relationship between the player and the front office—I don't think that really matters, when, especially when you're a, like a pre-arb guy. Like you're not going anywhere. Right. If you want to pitch in the big leagues. If they, if they want you on your team, then that, thats that's your gig. You know, I yep. don't think you have much leverage to do anything else. But you know. Uh, and fans maybe got a little overboard about it, but when, there was that uh, quitting on the team kind of aspect of what happened there. Yep. I don't, you know, we don't know what apparently like he had the PRP injection into his arm, and that was at the player's behest and not the team's uh, at the end of the year, and he shut it down. But you know, maybe there, are, especially. You know, hearing a guy like Kevin Barker on the radio the the Fan Five Ninety will talk about, you know, when that when that happened, he was, you know, kind of aghast as a guy who, who has had to take his share of demotions. <laughs> uh was like, What do you mean you're not, you're not you're not gonna report? Like you just you go down and you you pitch Suck your way it back. Up, yeah. And I, uh, you know, I don't know what the, you know, I have no guesses as to what the team's temperature is on that stuff, but, but didn't pass you know, it at the some point in the team kind of thing would yeah, be, would but, be where I think maybe there could be more friction. Yeah, I think Bassett at some awesome. point
0: alluded possibly without saying as much, but like, they're not in love with the fact that the four of them were skipping all their off days to stay on turn, right. To, while he was off and but this was before where you came back and, right. And right. so he kind of alluded to, you know, this is, this is tough. We're, Instead of getting our off days and occasionally having the extra rest day or whatever, we're just staying on turn and and so that is an interesting theory. That, like you said, no one's come right out and said, but m- that maybe there's some tension between. You know the other pitchers and and him and whether they feel like he's walked away or whether they're or all, just, they're all mean, good were, union guys and they're going to back him or, or whatever.
1: <laughs> and, and just just the way like in the in September as well, right? Like how how he could have been that piece of depth that if somebody got hurt, he could have come in and mm-hmm. uh, you know when they really needed needed it, all their starters, all hands on deck down the stretch, he was kind of a wall. Uh, I don't know if that would rub people the wrong way, uh, but I could I could see it rubbing people the wrong way. Sure, so yeah. maybe there's something like that there, but uh, but I don't know. He seemed like a really well liked guy before, and I don't know why that would change that much if there's you know real explanation for it. The, the way that Gosman sort of uh, spoke about it made it seem like you know it was just sort of a lost season for him. I hope that's true. I, 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 it would be great if. He comes back and is great, and they yeah. don't trade him, and, uh, and and he goes back to being the guy that we think he could be, and he showed he could be. Um, I was always a little nervous about him. <laughs> Once the strikeouts kind of went away, I'm like, okay, we're we're doing the pitching to contact, like seven seven Ks per nine thing, right? Interesting. Which was, he was more efficient, but uh, I I think I preferred it when he was like striking out ten or eleven per nine. Sure,
0: that felt a little better to me. But you're right that if he could show up at least as a like a number four quality guy. He doesn't have to be your, yeah. you know, your 2022 Cy Young nominee or, or whatever. Right. But it, there's a lot of risk, I suppose, in trading him and suddenly he remembers how to do this thing or <laughs> keeping him and he never figures it out again. And it's going to be an interesting I mean, off season been- for him.
1: It is I mean, the Blue Jays. And somebody was telling me this on Twitter last night, and I think made a good point. I forget who what their name is. I'm a, I was talking to a bunch of people about this on Twitter last night. Uh, but you know, we just have a good track record with uh, getting pitchers right, right? You know, yeah. you know, getting Robbie Ray right, getting Kikuchi right after that disaster, twenty twenty two, getting Jose Barrios right. So you know, keeping him would be in effect betting on themselves and their you know systems that have that have you know shown something. Though, <laughs> there are many counter examples. You know, he couldn't, the only he couldn't get Nate, can't get Nate Pearson. Right. couldn't get julian Murray yeah right okay uh, there, there are some uh there's some counters to ah, that see you lifted but... me
0: up and then just dropped me right back now. <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> uh there but are Yeah.
1: No, I, I think it'll be interesting i think he'll have value though like if he goes if he goes and pitches like a fifth starter or a sixth starter this year then a year from now you know you might be ruining that you missed an opportunity to move him this winter as uh Uh, So it's a risk either way. I still would, I would probably bet on them them keeping it. But, but there's definitely a way to do it where if teams are, you know, so starved for cheap pitching that Mm -hmm. you can really like heist them, then, uh, sure. I would be very comfortable with that personally. I'm I'm fine with that. Though I think a lot of fans would, would, uh, would act
0: (laughs) like they act
1: no matter what they do at this point. (laughs) Every move they make is a reason for outrage.
0: Yeah. Um, let me throw one name at you here that certainly would not be a top of the uh, the free agent pile kind of signing, but this would be a low-key end-of-year bench. Well, actually, there'd be nothing low-key about it, given the name. Joey Votto. Uh, at the end of his career, do you have any interest in that guy as sort of a come and, and, like I said, be the last bat off the bench? He's as much there to help some of your young guys and and be almost an extra coach. Um, or does the fact that you kind of have to keep sometimes a third catcher around, or somebody to run for uh, for Kirk as often as you do, like, does do the Jays maybe just not have space for something like that? What would your interest be in bringing him home in a very limited role if he was ready to accept it?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I I think a lot of people would disagree with this, but I would be okay with that. I mean, I mean, it's it's easier for me to say somebody writes and covers writes about and covers the team. You know, just to have that character around would be, you know, a, a, a well content of content on its <laughs> own, right? Sure. So I'm, I'm biased in that way, obviously. Um, I just like I think about Albert Pujols going back to the Cardinals there at the very end, and, and I'm thinking well, that's insane. that went pretty that's, well, that's, and it went very <laughs> well, and it, and it was kind of a similar situation where it's like, well, how are you even going to use that? Guy? It doesn't really seem like the best, you know, roster management. Uh, and it, and it kind of worked. And, and, you know, if he wants to do it and he's okay, I mean, I don't, I have no problems with blocking Spencer Horwitz, but I think also you <laughs> kind of need, you need more, you need more to the, you know, I think, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want to install him as the primary DH. I mean, unfortunately, no. it's just that, that age and with where the decline has gone in his numbers. Uh, that seems like something maybe a team like the Reds should do. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that I think there are there there would be a place for them, but but I mean, they just need so much. I mean, so, so much firepower offensively would be, you know, should be the priority for me at least, and, uh, particularly in the DH spot. So to give it to somebody who's kind of like, you yeah. know, having a little parade, I don't I don't think that's the greatest idea. Um, but I would still enjoy it.
0: Certainly, yeah. Uh, what else is coming up on the bat flip? Or are we just kind of waiting around for, for news or, or do you got something coming up there planned that you can tell us about? Or?
1: Oh, Nick and I are going to do a little check-in podcast this week. Nice. Uh, haven't really done anything since the season ended. Um, I think enough, enough news has piled up that we're going to have some topics, you know, probably similar to ones we've talked about here, sure. but, uh, uh, that should be good. Yeah. I guess I got to write about the fucking Alec Manoa stuff. <laughs> um, if they, you know, uh, but that's kind of the mode we're in right now. I mean, winter. Me- I mean, American Thanksgiving is this weekend, uh, this week, yeah, this yep. coming weekend, yep. and then winter meetings are I think the week after that. Usually, there's like a big shutdown. Like, not not a hell of a lot happens during American Thanksgiving. People will do their do their thing, and it's for uh, multiple days and all that. So, uh, yeah, I don't expect like by the end of this week, there probably well, maybe there'll be a flurry before, and then it'll kind of pick back up as we head into the winter meetings, which I think start like December third. Um, so that's even that's a couple of weeks as well. So you know it's all it's it's all about to start happening. So it's kind of just being reactive at this point, right? Uh, you know, yeah, writing on writing some <laughs> writing <laughs> some takes about the rumors of the day.
0: That's it. Uh, well, I appreciate you making some time for me, man. The uh, the work is all at batflip.ca. We'll link to it in the show notes. But uh, thanks for doing this, man.
1: Hell yeah, anytime, man. Uh, appreciate it. Alright, that's where we'll uh we'll
0: end this one. Uh good insights from Stoughton. As always, uh, like I said, you can find his work at the on the for the uh, Blue Jays Happy Hour podcast. Links to those in the uh, show notes here if you want to check that out for yourself. Uh and as I said, Lever Sage returns on Thursday for uh for his weekly slot here on the Talking Audio Podcast. That should be fun, so we're looking forward to that as well, and we'll have tons to get into with him. So That's where we'll end this one. My name's Matt Robinson. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. That's it. I cannot work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal's. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.